On July 24, 2006, after a long and stressful day at work, Christina Dickus headed over to her mother's house, excited to see her son for the first time in a week. Ten-year-old Blake had spent the week with his dad and stepmom. Christina had promised to take Blake to the movies and also agreed to treat him to some candy. But when she arrived at her mother's home, Blake hadn't been dropped off yet. And now angry that she had to go out of her way, Christina headed over to her ex-husband Sean in China's home. But when she turned down their street, her heart sank at the sight of what awaited her. I'm your host, Michael, and this is Strange and Unexplained. Blake's dad, Sean, and his new wife, China, had just moved into their new home a month prior to that day, having made the move from their Tennessee home to a newly developed area in Franklin, Indiana, and they were still unpacking boxes. The small subdivision sat just minutes south of the bustling Indianapolis. It was so new that the lots on either side of the Dickus home hadn't even been built on yet. Sean and China had been married for three years at that point, and all of the parents seemed to get along really well. It really seemed like an ideal co-parenting situation. China cared for Blake like his own mother and often turned to Christina about parenting advice. The family was close, so when China called Christina and asked if he could stay just a little while longer, of course, she agreed without hesitation. And Sean was going to be able to come home on his lunch break and Blake wanted to have lunch with his dad one more time before he left for the week. Then, after lunch, China was supposed to drop Blake off at Christina's mom's house. So Sean comes home around 12.45. He has lunch with his wife and son. He recalled rubbing Blake's back and kissing his head before heading back into work an hour later. As he pulled out of the garage, China met him in the driveway. She had just been down to check the mailbox, and she kissed him goodbye before he left. After some time passed, Blake's grandmother tried to call China to see when they were heading over but no one was picking up the phone. She then called Christina to express her concerns. Christina reassures her everything is fine and that China is probably just running late. She told her to call Sean, but then she never heard back from her. So as said before, Christina gets off work, heading to her mother's, assuming Blake should be there by now. But when she arrives, he isn't. She becomes understandably angry and frustrated and her mind is swimming with possible excuses, so she heads over to her ex-husband's home immediately. But before she can pull onto the street, she is met by a crowd of police vehicles blocking the road. When she looks down the street, she spots a coroner's van sitting in the driveway of the Dickus home. Sean had arrived home at around 5.14 p.m. that day and found the garage door leading into the house open. However, this was not really out of the ordinary, as he said China often greeted him at the door at the time he was due home from work. He took off his shoes, as usual, in the garage, and walked into what he could only describe as a horror and the worst thing imaginable. 26-year-old China and 10-year-old Blake had been brutally murdered in their home. 
Police reported that China had suffered multiple stab wounds. They have not said if she was sexually assaulted. They're keeping a lot of information close to the chest in this case because it is nowhere near a cold case still at this point. The police department is still working diligently in keeping all information, as I said, pretty tight-lipped. Now, Blake suffered from multiple stab wounds, but he also appeared to have blunt force trauma and appears to have suffered from asphyxiation. Sean immediately fell under suspicion as the last person with contact to the victims, obviously, and the first to find them dead. His alibi was confirmed by his co-workers. He was given several polygraphs and he passed those as well. Apparently his marriage was solid, his family was doing well, and there was no motive that they could find. He cooperated with police from the beginning, so at this point they have cleared him as a suspect. So then they turned to him for insight. Who would have done this? But Sean said he couldn't think of anyone that would want to hurt them. They had no enemies, and there was no bad blood in the family. In other words, there were no leads. The neighborhood was flooded with developers, contractors, realtors, and potential buyers constantly since it was still being constructed. But police tracked down and questioned as many people as they could find that day to no avail. The people of Franklin were under a panic as the possibility of it being random was really increasing. After nine years of nothing, the Dickus family reached out to the VDOC Society, which is a group of specialists who get together once a month and attempt to solve cold cases. The group is made up of former FBI profilists, forensic scientists, criminologists, medical examiners, law enforcement agents, and more. Probably some dedicated true crime web sleuths. <laughs> the police agree to have a meeting with the group, and they hand over all that they have on the case, which leads to the group revealing a piece of information that was never made public. The VDOC Society convinces the Franklin police to release the info, hoping that it will bring in new leads. So in 2015, the police chief addressed the public with news about China and Blake's murders. And in June and July of 2006 to 2007, the neighborhood the Dickuses lived in had a string of burglaries, five in total, within a half mile radius, and all the burglaries shared similar attributes, leading police to believe that they were all committed by the same person. There was a T-shaped cut in the screen of the windows used to access all the houses. All the houses were ransacked, especially the refrigerators. Nothing of real value was taken other than small jewelry and coins. All of the burglaries happened during the day, Monday to Friday. On the very same day the Dickuses were brutally murdered, there had been a break-in reported just an hour earlier and on the same street, no less. Kobe Wybanowski was the man that was robbed, and there were just petty items taken, and this appears to be the case in a string of these break-ins. Silver coins, a pitcher for water, and a class ring were among some of the items. At this point, police believe that they solved the robberies, then they can solve these murders. There was a lot of evidence collected at the scene that day, and police are hoping to retest some of it in the future as science advances. Anyone with information is urged to immediately contact the Franklin Police Department at 317-346-1100. There's a $25,000 reward for a tip that leads to solving these murders, and the Franklin Police Department is not letting up. 
The, de the detective, even to this day, still says that this is not considered a cold case. And again, the Franklin Police Department, you can reach them at 317-346-1100. Don't forget about that $25,000 reward. All right, that's the case of Blake and China. Stay tuned to hear what we think. What's up, guys? Welcome to the Strange Unexplained After Show. Kristen is here with me, mm -hmm. as per usual, um, for this very interesting case. Uh, this case is, what, nine years old now, mm -hmm. right? 2006. 2006. Oh, dang, it's way older than that. Mm -hmm. Wow, and they're still, they're still, they must have some really damning evidence. They just don't have the DNA to compare it to right now. Which I think, yeah, kinda, I think it's something like that. They just don't right. know who to compare it to. Exactly. Yeah. Now, at first glance, I'm, I'm looking at this case, and it's like, this kind of seems like a Chris Watts situation. That's at what it first. feels like at, at first. At first. Yes. Yeah, but you can, and then, I don't know, maybe even a little bit later. You know, mm -hmm. coworkers can vouch for you and things. I don't know. But I'm not trying to point fingers at this guy. Like, I feel like the police have enough. They, I think they have some things. Because they're keeping so much close to the chest mm -hmm. still, they must have some pretty damning evidence. Yeah, and I know? feel like by now they would have tested his DNA, of course. Exactly, but. exactly. Um, and then, like, the odds of it being someone in the neighborhood and, like, no one seeing him come or go just seems... That doesn't seem right either. Yeah. But you have a really good theory <laughs> that I'll let, I'll let, because I was just, I had nothing. I'm like, this is just a random attack. Like yeah. at this point, I feel like it's just somebody that may was watching their movements and it was just a, a criminal who wanted to commit this crime or whatever. And, or maybe just wanted to rob the place and then found them and yeah. had to get rid of evidence. But, but I'll let you go. I, I, I'm definitely taking your theory. I'm feeling it. Okay? <laughs> okay. But I'll let you unveil it. Okay. Since you were the original. But it makes a lot of sense. Yeah. So I have a theory that there is a homeless or, you know, I, I would just say homeless person like in right. the area that um, it, that is doing these robberies and break-ins and is po probably responsible for the murders because... If you look at what happened at each one of the break-ins, nothing was ever stolen that was of real value. You right. Know? And yeah, no computers, yeah, no TVs. Why would you not take like video houses. game consoles, yep. like stuff like that? Why would you not take that stuff? There was all kinds of stuff that could have been They're taken, that like a pitcher behind. for water. But they did ransack the refrigerator and food. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So at this point, I'm like, okay, it's either it's like you know a vagrant or a, a homeless person or maybe possibly even like um, just an adolescent. That was my first thought. Yeah. But, that just wants to fuck with people, or they yeah. just get a rush but, out of. Being I, in someone else's place. I think because there was a murder on the same day and it happened like an hour before um, this, the murders are, you know, thought to have take place. Right. Um, that this person probably uh, committed that first burglary and then just kind of stuck around the area. It does make sense, doesn't it? You know, it? and yep. then saw Sean leave. And this is the thing. When Sean left... 
she was in the driveway on the sidewalk, like right by the mailbox. He kissed yeah, her, he was. said goodbye, yes. and he said he drove away and, and saw her in the rearview mirror head back into the house. Right. So I think that this person saw Sean drive away and then saw China go into the house and yep. thought that this was going to be a very easy either burglary or even the intention of rape to go right. in and harm her. But we have no proof that no. she was sexually assaulted. But why? But if she wasn't, I feel like they would come out with that. I think that's one of the things they want to keep quiet. Because exactly. If, because if she was, I mean... Not only that, if they have DNA... Yeah. That's what I'm saying. They're semen, yeah. So they don't want to... I feel like it's like they don't want to let people know some of that stuff because they want to have it when this goes to trial mm-hmm. because they're they're that i guess they're that hopeful that someone's going to get caught you yeah know, that they're going to find this person eventually but yeah i think oh and but one thing that really led me to believe that this was someone like like either a homeless person or a um a younger person maybe <clears throat> sorry babe i can cut it out okay just get it out I did. <clears throat> That's what I had to do. Okay. Sorry. Um, but was it was the um, the way that Blake was killed. Um, another podcast I listened to, they kind of analyzed it like Blake was um, brutalized more than China. Mm-hmm. So like the violence was directed at him or or whatever. And I don't know the way I I think it may have unfolded because. Again, we don't really know exactly how it unfolded. We just know these are the details. Right. Um, but I think when the person followed China into the home... They weren't expecting a child at They all. were not expecting Blake to be there. Right. And what happened was the asphyxiation or, or uh, blunt, blunt force, force happened first in an effort to subdue him without, her, without killing him, I guess. Probably. And then... He woke up, saw this person still attacking his stepmom, yeah. and and tried to intervene. And it, and again, the killer tries to to get him out of the way. Maybe by choking him this time, right? Because asphyxiation. It, it seems like he hesitated to stab. Yeah, you know, to really kill the child. And How many stab wounds did Blake have? Did, did we, see, we don't know. That's don't know another that thing that we don't even know how many. It's just multiple. Mm-hmm. That's just all they're saying. Oh, okay. So. I don't know, maybe one of the the things released, but everything I found just said multiple stab wounds. Mm-hmm. It didn't say, um, the police are not saying whether they found the murder weapon or, or anything like that. So they're keeping a lot, um, a lot of details hidden or back on this. Yeah. I'd imagine the murder weapon is probably the same knife they're using to cut the, uh, the screens the and screens, whatnot. Yeah. That's a really good clue that mm-hmm. all the houses have that T cut. Yeah. I mean, I know it seems basic, but I think the average person would just cut a big old fucking a hole in the screen. or something. You know what I'm saying? Even? I would just cut it right down the middle because once it tears, well, you know, yeah. a screen just splits really easy. Mm-hmm. Just put a slit right in the middle and bust through that thing. I mean, right. what the hell? But no, they cut like this really neat T, mm-hmm. which creates these two corners that fall in. And then, yep. yeah, you can crawl right through that little triangle yeah. pretty easily. And that's why they had already connected all of the, the burglaries together. Mm-hmm. So, but, and you know, it was new development. The neighborhood was being built newly in a very wooded area. Yes. But also in a very like populous right area. Yes. I mean, there's a, there's like a Walmart within walking distance, a Lowe's, like yes. shopping centers, all mm-hmm. kinds of restaurants. 
And yeah. see, we live in a very similar area. It's yeah. a very small town, but it's big but, in yeah. the middle of it, you right, know? Right, and right, right. Th- what's right and behind our Walmart, right a big wooded it. area yep. where a homeless encampment is. Like, there's tents right. and there's a whole community. So that was kind of the first thing when I looked at, like, where it was located to. Yeah. And then the fact that the it's newly invading space. Yep. You know, so And like it, you say, already... the woods surrounding it would be ideal homeless hangout, yes. honestly. Yes. I mean, you would have perfect access to all types of public parks. Mm-hmm. Like I say, public restaurants and stuff to use the bathroom, yep. to wash up. And then, you know, then you have a quiet neighborhood on the other side. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's... It it does seem like an opportune area, especially yeah. when it wasn't even populate, populated yet. Yeah. When there was just a few houses here mm-hmm. and there. And you know, the houses that get picked first are where? They're like in cul-de-sacs. Yep. Right? They're off by themselves, mm-hmm. close to the woods. They want to be against the woods. Mm-hmm. They want that privacy. I mean, they live in the middle of town. Yeah. That's understandable. But yeah, then they would also be easy targets to people coming in through them woods. Exactly. So I don't know. That's just my. So that's what happened. Some homeless guy, man. We got to get that some bitch. No, I'm just kidding. Um, oh, we didn't mention in the episode, um, which it's not really that worth mentioning. I guess it's kind of a dead end. But someone tried to confess to this crime. Yes. A man from Indiana who is now in prison in Florida um, tried to confess, mm-hmm. but they quickly ruled him out. Yeah. So there because, was some information they had yeah, that he didn't know about. Exactly. And this is why they're keeping all that. That's exactly why yeah. they're keeping all that quiet. They're asking him how you did yeah. this. Well, how'd you do that? And his answers are wrong. They're so not, Yeah, they weren't lining up. Yeah, he's not even close. short-lived. wonder what the point of that was. Probably just wanted to go to prison in Indiana. Yep, he just wanted to get moved closer to home. And yep. a, great, a great reason to be moved yep. is to get indicted in another crime. Yep. Because they're going to immediately move you up there. Exactly. And it's just funny that he's like, oh, yeah, I, I did that. Mm, definitely. Oof. I don't want to be in Florida prison. <laughs> I want right. to be in Indiana prison. Right. I guess he ain't been in Florida prison that long then, huh? I don't know. I don't know where he is now. Yeah. But, yeah, so uh, that's why we didn't mention that. And the main yeah. thing, it's just kind of like a, <laughs> it's kind of like something's like, hey, look over here. Just kidding. It's, yeah. This is unimportant. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, so that's that's about where we're at with this case. Uh, it definitely seems like a random crime. Um, it doesn't seem, or you know, it could have been like you said. You brought up an adolescent, mm-hmm. right? It could be an adolescent. It could be someone because we hear, you know, I've studied a few serial killers. If yeah. you believe it or not, mm-hmm. um, and <laughs> a lot of things they tend to do is petty theft yes. and trespassing mm-hmm. early on. Mm-hmm. And who knows? Maybe this this person. Finally worked up enough courage. Yep. And that was the theory of, um, I think it's the Murder Squad podcast that I listened to. They're okay. linked in the sources. But um, the host on there was talking about that's what he believes happened here is that this person evolved from just petty burglaries into, mm-hmm. um, you know, the theory of wanting to to rape China and he went in after her thinking that that's what was going to happen. And Blake was there. Right. It escalated quickly because it, it was out of hand. He didn't know what to do. Maybe yep. panicked or maybe just evolved to the point that that's what he wanted to do. He wanted to murder somebody. Maybe and he did. Yeah. So that, yeah, that has to be considered. Yeah. It really does in a crime of this nature. Mm-hmm. And then there's construction workers, you know, realtors, in, potential buyers, everything coming in and out of there. So it could have been anybody. Yeah. It's, it's hard to believe no one was seen. Yeah. Right. Um, 
you know, but this was 2006. This was, you know, yeah, well no before cameras. the time of ring doorbells mm-hmm. and shit like that. So if you had a security system, you hardwired that shit yourself. Mm-hmm. Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, well, all right, guys. Well, that's our take on what happened to Blake in China. Let's tune in to uh, Lauren. Let's see what he thinks in this week's Lauren Synopsis. It's time for Lauren. It's time for Lauren Synopsis. Breaking down the case like... Breaking down the case like cardboard boxes. It's time for Lauren. It's time for Lauren Synopsis. Breaking down the case like... Breaking down the case like cardboard boxes. It's time for Lauren. It's time for Lauren Synopsis. Breaking down the case like... Break it down the case like cardboard boxes. What's up, people? Lauren here, here to get my thoughts on this week's Strange and Unexplained. The brutal murders of 10-year-old Blake and 26-year-old China Dickus. China being Blake's stepmother. And she had him on this Monday in July of 2006. And this happened in Franklin, Indiana. Um, you know, a relatively small town in middle America uh, on a Monday in the middle of the day. Uh, this child and stepmom are brutally stabbed to death and the father got cleared as far as his alibi checked out. He was at work at the time and it turns out there was a string of robberies in the area um, and police were holding onto this information for years, nearly 10 years. They held onto this information that on their same street on that same day, there was a burglary that had occurred and throughout the neighborhood over that summer, there had been several break-ins all of them with the same calling cards, uh, a T-shaped cut in the screen window, gaining entry to the home. The house is not really torn apart, just like kind of mildly ransacked and odd items stole, stolen from these homes, which was odd to me. Um, now, the police have not said whether, as far as my understanding, they've not said whether the same calling cards were left uh, as far as um, the Dickus' home. Uh, how did they gain entry that did, there wasn't forced entry, uh, which is odd. And the crime seemed very personal, you know, um, not only was China stabbed multiple times, but Blake was stabbed as well, but Blake was also bludgeoned and suffocated as well. It's very brutal, seemingly a personal crime. Like this is not your average random home robbery gone wrong type of situation. Um, it, it's, it is odd. However, the father, you know, I believe his story and I believe he checks out and he had nothing to do with it. He was at work. Um, he had had lunch with them before going to work. Um, and you know, people have speculated that maybe someone was targeting China for whatever reason. I don't know her backstory. I don't know if she was involved in a, you know, a a relationship prior to Sean Dickus. Um, you know, maybe there was someone out to get her. I don't know. Um, or maybe these robberies had something to do with it. Um, it's hard to believe they didn't, you know, when, when there's a home robbed on the same street on the same day and the Dickuses had just moved in this home, I believe like a month prior and they were completely unaware of this string of robberies that was going on. So they didn't take precautions. Maybe they left the front door unlocked and, uh, you know, burglar just walked straight in. Um, I don't know. And it's unfortunate that it was 2006 and back then there just was not, it wasn't that commonplace to have security cameras all over people's homes. And if they did, they weren't that advanced and there wasn't ring doorbells and things like that yet. Um, because you would have liked to have gotten some footage of the, the burglars either at the Dickus's home or at these other homes. Um, and there's the, the perpetrators were never caught in any of the burglaries either. I know the police have been keeping their cards 
uh, close to the chest here and they've not wanted to give out too much information. I don't know what they have in, you know, in the realm of DNA evidence, physical evidence. Do they have DNA on file that they can compare to, uh, potential suspects or run through the, you know, run through the DNA system and see if any perpetrators that are locked up match as far as that goes. Um, yeah, I think the part of the problem is the police for so long have kept so many details to themselves and, and maybe some of the details, if they released them, uh, it might spark somebody's memory or who knows, they need to appeal to the public more to get more information, I think, and get some new leads. Cause they've, they've sounds like they've chased down hundreds, if not thousands of leads, according to the lead detective and none of them have panned out. So they need some new fresh information or else this thing's just going to stay cold forever. But, uh, yeah, that's my thoughts. Tragic. It's hard to believe that it is a random attack, but sometimes these things do happen. It just seems extra brutal to be random to me. Um, and also it's odd that there was no forced entry or anything like that. But like I said, they had just moved in. They were comfortable. It seemed like a really good neighborhood. They were unaware of the string of break-ins that had been going on in the neighborhood. And maybe they just left the door unlocked, unfortunately. I think they were getting ready to leave soon because China was supposed to be dropping off Blake at... Blake's mother's parents house and the, you know obviously this terrible uh, tragedy happened um, so yeah maybe DNA maybe the police have some DNA I don't, I'm not sure as far as that goes but seems tough to get this one solved at this point without the help of some DNA or some new leads um, but we'll see uh, hope you guys enjoyed my thoughts see you next week all right all right Lauren, thank you very much for that synopsis as always. And unfortunately, guys, Lauren's right again. And unless someone comes forward or some other clue comes out of nowhere, I just I just don't see this thing being solved anytime soon, which is extremely heartbreaking, especially for a case this brutal. Imagine what that what that did to that community. You know, living in that neighborhood, all the homes that were built after that. You know, I'm sure word got around, you know, that's that house just over there, you know, was where a horrible murder happened just spontaneously. Lady left her door open or unlocked or whatever. I'm assuming that's what happened. Um, you know, something else that occurred to me during Lauren's synopsis um, is that there was no sign of forced entry in this murder. So there was no T-cut screen, I'm guessing. But the garage was left open. And she probably went back in through the garage, through the garage door, and then probably didn't bother to lock that door either because, as Lauren mentioned as well, they were about to leave. So, yeah, maybe someone was just chilling, hanging out, watching, and just found the opportune time. Like, for instance, I believe this is the opportune time to tell you about Patreon. Patreon.com slash guys. And you guys can get access to everything we create here at True Crime Guys Productions on the $5 tier. I figured it up, and it, it's something like uh, 18 to 19 episodes a month throughout all of our shows. I think, I think that's what it is. I think it's 18 to 19 episodes a month that we release now on True Crime Guys Productions. So you can listen to True Crime Guys every other day. More than every other day, actually. Okay, that's a lot of damn content. Like I said, for five bucks, that's less than a gallon of gas. Um, now, every episode leading up to here, uh, you know, 
minus maybe the last few before this, I've been saying patreon.com slash podcast. And if you guys sign up and subscribe there, you will get access to all Sandu things. Um, all strange and unexplained things. That being strange shorts, Sandu stories, um, higher thoughts, things like that. Um, but you will not get any access to the True Crime Guy stuff. But yet on the $5 tier over there, they're getting access to all your stuff plus more stuff. So, uh, you know, I just feel like it's my responsibility to tell you about that. But you're more than welcome to stay at patreon.com slash snu. That will continue to get uploads uh, from, from us as well. So another great way to help the show is to leave a review, guys. Uh, you can leave a review on iTunes, Stitcher, uh, wherever. And you can also rate the show now on Spotify. So right there at our artist page, you scroll up right now before you click another episode and just hit that hit that star rating button right there for me. Appreciate that very much. Also, new exciting news in True Crime Guys Productions. We now have a legit YouTube page that we actually want to talk about. Um, for the last year or so, we've basically been putting our, our episodes up on YouTube, just audio form, and there's just, you know, like a picture of our logo on the screen. But now we are moving into the future of True Crime Guys. Where you know, I I talked about this uh, on another episode that we did. I can't remember what it was, but I talked about how it was ironic that a podcast like True Crime Guys with a uh, logo as a TV didn't have any visual. We didn't have any visuals. It wasn't a show. You know, it was just a podcast. Um, but now we're we're working our way into becoming a legit YouTube show. And the last free episode that we released this past Wednesday is available on our YouTube channel. And you can there's a link to that right below the description of this episode. If you click True Crime Guys link tree, you can see all the different things um, available in True Crime Guys Network. But go check out the YouTube channel. Go subscribe. Um, I'll be putting up TCG weekly update videos every Monday morning on that channel, which will just kind of recap everything we just released in True Crime Guys and also give you a hint in what's coming up next. Now, when I say True Crime Guys, I mean entire productions. That's also Sandu, Strange Unexplained, Sandu Stories, uh, Just the Banter, everything, okay? And I, I try to cover everything throughout that week. We also Lauren also has another show called uh, Full House Fantasy Football. You can learn about all of those things, okay, on the YouTube channel. There's actually two weekly updates up right now. Um, if you're way behind, that's fine. Um, but just, just trying to help you guys understand the chaotic schedule that is True Crime Guys Productions and also maybe get you excited about future projects. All right? I think that's about it, guys. I think I'm about talked out. Uh, yeah, so we'll see you next week, right, for a new Strange and Unexplained episode. And uh, all you guys on Patreon, we'll see you on Monday for a new Strange Shorts. All right? All right, guys. Be strange. Just don't be strangers. You hush your mouth, boy.